Hey, why am I his sidekick, all right? How do you know he's not my sidekick? First off, welcome to Fireside. We'll be talking comic books the entire time. Ain't going nowhere, so dry your eyes. Already lasted longer than fireflies. Stay tuned, Mickey's got the creepiest news. From books to TV, the movie reviews. Plus the next toy, baby, here we get you. Even a superhero fight club, we usually lose. So pop in those earbuds, turn up those speakers. Feel my most power, earth you with features. Neither listen by weekly or you can binge us. We got it all, baby. Are there Ninjas! So relax and lie back as we start another issue of Fireside Chats. Comic facts and wise cracks. Welcome to the show. This is Fireside Chats. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another issue of Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Menti. And with me, as always, are my wonderful sidekicks. First, Mr. Mashko. Hey, what's up, guys? Can I kick it? <laughs> Don't succumb to Menti's peer pressure. What was that? Can I, wanna, the, the can I kick it? No, I mean if that's if that's the alternative, just stick to can I kick it. <laughs> what, I don't like, what hey that guys? was. Can we get a real can I kick it, Moshko? Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Girl, can I kick it? Yes, you can. <laughs> and then All right, that was, that was Mauer. <laughs> Beep you, Menti. It was the other voice you heard. Beep you. Beep you, Minty. Mauer Mau- can't even wait for his introduction before he just jumps in. It doesn't matter what's happening. Mauer's like, no, 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 no. This is how it's done. Grumble, grumble, grumble. That's right. <laughs> well, I wasn't hearing you guys did like two 75-minute issues back to back. That's what happens when, I, when the second vaccine takes you out for a week. That's what happens. <laughs> three days. <laughs> just happened to be the days we had to record. A long enough period of time where I can't do it. Uh, Pfizer's taking me out. Oh, Moderna. (laughs) (laughs) We know it was a Johnson and Johnson. (laughs) So it was one or the other. Uh, Well, I'm better now. Apparently. And it's Wednesday. Time to talk about the comic-related current events. Ooh. Comic-related current events. Events. I don't know. Related. We never did that one successfully. Are we so. going backwards? Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not doing that. We've got plenty of things to talk about today. Uh, for example, uh, we have uh, information on that Falcon and the Winter Soldier cameo. We have the Shang-Chi trailer and the Game of Thrones actress invading the MCU in a not-so-secret way. But All right, let's get, into, uh, let's get into it's comic news. And because of the type of story it is going on the theme of last week, we're going to kick it to Moshko because, again, another Cape Crusader has, uh, has outdone himself in sales. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's DC again, which is really cool. When's Marvel going to, you know, when is a Spider-Man... You know, something, something from 80 years. Well, not 80 years, but you get the picture. Anyway, a copy of the 1940s Batman number one has just sold. So last week we were talking about Action Comics number one, and now we're talking about Batman number one. Um, so this actually, this is an 8.0. Uh, just what was uh, it was an 8.0 last week, right? Something, no, like something very close. Well, this is uh, the one that was sold in 2006, right? Yes, for how much? For like five hundred thousand or something, eighty thousand. Eighty thousand, and then and then five hundred thousand. Right, uh, about two years ago. Right, and it just sold again for one point two million. So that is a huge bump uh, from where it was. And so, and uh, not to cut you off, you guys talked last week. 
the exponential difference of the values from 9 to 9.2 to 9.4, like, from 1 to 8, you see little jumps. But anything mm -hmm. over 9, any point anything, is like a double or triple. So you could see something at a 9.6 at, say, $10,000. That same comic in a 9.8 might be $70,000. Although I'd say some of the issues that we're talking about here, I mean, going from a three to a six, we can be talking $500,000. I mean, right. if you have Action Comics number one at a three, you're still making a pretty penny. I mean, we're still talking probably close to a million, even, even that low. I, I think a 6.0 will probably get you two million. Um, however, this bubble is going to burst. Oh, yeah. So talking to a few... <laughs> I love it was you who had to say that. <laughs> um. So I was about to buy my Werewolf by Night 32, which has quadrupled again in the past six months in value. It's about to even more when that, once that Moon Knight show comes out, man. But everybody in the industry, even with the shows, is like, wait six months after the shows come out. And we're already seeing with some other characters that debuted where their comics are coming back down. It turns out that comic collecting used to be mainly just in the US. Mm -hmm. And because there's outside sources with the MCU right now, there's people from all over the world just pumping money into it to make a quick turn. And you've got investors like Gary v, uh, v and those guys saying these are quick flip investments. Yep. Well, what's happening is the same thing that happened with GameStop. All these internet heroes are putting money into it. <laughs> but once one person starts selling, the value is going to crumble like dominoes. And only those initial market people are going to be getting their value out of it. So... Well, I'll tell you what, a Batman number one is going to keep its value, that's for sure. <laughs> it doesn't matter uh, what, what bubble's bursting on that one. <laughs> it's burst in the past. It's sold before for over $2 million and then dropped again. No, you're, so thinking, the, detec you're thinking of Detective Comics. Detective no, even, Comics. Even Batman number one, I think in like 94, sold for a couple hundred thousand dollars and then dropped down. So it's like the stock market only for nerds. Or geeks, because nerds do the stock market. But it's anyway. like COVID money. People are cashing in their Bitcoin, and they're buying whatever they want. Yep. Um, we do have cool Batman news, though, in his new book, The Batman, The Detective Number 1. First off, we see one of the coolest versions of The Gentleman Ghost that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, for those of you not aware of who The Gentleman Ghost is, he's got a very convoluted backstory. No way. Uh, a DC character with a convoluted backstory? Get out of here. That's tied to him being killed and supposedly going to pass over once the person that kills him dies. However, the person that killed him was one of the reincarnations of Hawkman and Hawkgirl. So technically they never die. So he can never die. Uh, in this, he's like this big monster looking thing in Europe um, that's feeding off fear. And the reason why Batman's there is he's kind of beaten down and uh, he sees literally his name on a building after a, a bad plane crash happens with a number on it. And he goes there in the newest version of Knight and Squire. Do you guys know who they are? I do not. So, so Knight and Squire think British Batman and Robin. It's really what it is. Hey, Robin, um, come on over here, please. We're gonna creator go of Batman, Oi. Bob Keane. <laughs> Robin! <laughs> So Bob Kane and Dick Sprang created them. We'll, we'll hold in on. The we'll go to Gotham, eh? <laughs> Dick yeah. Sprang uh, Dick. created them in the fifties to be <laughs> the European version of Batman and Robin. Uh, the newest version uh, is a little bit more modernized. Uh, she is actually looks like Damien, if a little bit. 
So they're there, and then you see Batman take these gloves out that he got from John Constantine, and he beats up a ghost. Um, and all of this was Batman perpetrated. beats up a ghost. That that could have right there could have been one of our uh, one of our our <laughs> clickbait news stories right there. Batman beats up a ghost. Dick um, has sprung. The people that are perpetrating this are in the white Batman costumes. Uh, they are the new white knights. And it turns out you find that the plane crash was filled with people that Batman saved. So all 142 people or 46 people in the plane crash were people that he had individually saved as Batman. And this is while he's going through this crisis of Alfred's dead, the Bat family's gone. And the only thing he has to count on are the people that he saved. And now they're taking those away from him. So it's just like twisting the knife on this grizzled Batman. It looks like he is a crossover from Gotham by Gaslight. He's older, he's slower. Uh, but read this book. It looks like it's going to be phenomenal. Uh, and the the art is good. And it's written by the guy that wrote uh, the DC Damned. Oh, cool. Okay. Or Damnation, sorry. Uh, or not, Deceased. So many different books. But wait, those are all completely different. Deceased, okay. Deceased. He's written a ton of Batman books, but... Yeah, but Deceased is something. That's something special. That's a, that's a rarity. Yeah, Tom Taylor, and the cool thing is, is the art's by Andy Kubert, so the art in it's freaking beautiful. Read this book. <laughs> all right, let's move over. Just real quick, a little bit of Flash news, because the story itself in Justice League isn't all that good, but this is pretty interesting. So, uh, spoilers for Justice League uh, 60, but this comes off the heels of what we saw in Death Metal, and the, and the revamping of the DC multiverse, or now Omniverse is... is is probably going to be the, the buzz term from now on. Uh, but with that, we found out that DC's Earth Zero now is not the center of the DC multiverse. There's actually, there's a place called Elseworlds, and then there's another planet that are, are the essential center of the multiverse. Uh, and the, the regular heroes are not where they normally are, but are very much aware of their place in the multiverse. So that's kind of where DC is as far as restructuring things after death metal. Uh, and what makes this interesting is that Flash is a character who's been traveling between dimensions for a long time. And Flash of Two Worlds is, is the first time there was a multiverse. So this is something that's kind of right up his alley. And he's had the cosmic treadmill. Um, the cosmic dorkiest uh, comic tool i think ever created uh really the thanos copter the the, the, the bat the spider-man buggy spider-man buggy is badass okay the treadmill uh. okay well the cosmic treadmill allows in the show the cosmic treadmill is essentially the um that the loop that surrounds star labs that he runs around but the cosmic treadmill is what allows uh barry to be able to maintain his speed and not have to worry about anything in his way for him to travel through time or other dimensions so anyway long story short is he figure out a way to take the cosmic treadmill and make it a multiversal device that will allow the entire justice league to travel through different realities through different uh, to a different multiverse uh, and they do it within space so they essentially slide into it and the reason why this is interesting is it's to avoid any issues with something like flashpoint so it was built in a way to not affect the time stream at all and still allow for them to travel through uh, multiple dimensions so this is the writers going, we've written ourselves into a corner. If we travel through time or dimensions, we've already established that we screw shit up. We have to find a way to do that and not break shit. 
Yep. Uh, well, and the way the they, treadmill way they pull that off is that also Flash can't go with them. So Flash essentially is the engine of this ship that takes them somewhere else, and Flash has to stay behind in order to bring them back, sending up like a beacon through the multiverse and being able to pull them back into Earth Zero. So Flash isn't, is no longer involved in multiversal stories. Isn't that what they did in the show, though, with the treadmill that they made? In like mean? season two or three? I could have swore they had a treadmill when they were getting people from the different Earths. No, that, that in, in, in Crisis on Infinite Earths, there was the... there was. Um, John Shipley's Flash, who is Barry Allen, was on the treadmill when he was disintegrating. I, I'll have to go back and watch it. I thought it was before Vibe could actually Vibe, and they had to do something to open those portals. I don't. I don't it's maybe, been I a while. I guess it's possible. It's who cares? <laughs> but I guess it's possible. <laughs> I if mean, it's not Superman and Lois. I'm not watching it anymore. Well, and look, Flash. Flash isn't. No, uh, it's. It's not great, but yeah. it's not bad. It's not bad. Right. It's uh, and this is Barry Allen Flash, not Wally. Yes. No, Wally. Of course, they 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 want to do some crazy stuff with Wally and make him a bad guy again. And Wally, Wally they never can't just... made him a bad guy. He was a bad guy for like a split second, and then they're like, "Sorry, we forgive you." But then he was also kind of the bad guy in Flash of uh, in Flash War. And then now it looks like he's going to be the bad guy again. It just seems like they brought Wally West back as fan service. Like everyone was like, and yeah, we're bringing back Wally. And then they did it. And they're like, all right, now what do we do with him? And they've just kind of like given him weird roles for a minute. Yes, he played a very important role in death metal because he had part of Dr. Manhattan powers. But, you know, short lived. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Let's move on. Let's uh, let's talk about some Marvel news and let's actually jump over uh, Moshko. What's going on with the X-Men? A lot of things. Um, so first of all, we'll kind of talk about the follow-up of the uh, X-Men roster. So we touched on last week what uh, who wasn't going to be on the team. Um, I believe um, a few days later, um, they actually released. Um, yeah, and it's not a strong guy. I got it. He's not on there. What are we going to do? Well, we uh, called who was going on the team from day one because it was... Yeah, you know, because of the TV show and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Uh, but to, to let everybody know, it's uh, Cyclops, uh, Marvel Girl, Rogue, Wolverine, uh, <laughs> Sink, not Cinch, right? Or is it Cinch? No, it's Sink. Sink, right, because we, we had that discussion. Uh, Sunfire and Polaris, and Polaris is the one we were uh, originally said would be on the team. You don't have to go through all this stuff, and well, that's what they ended up with. And Wolverine's uh, X-23, right? Wolverine's yes. Laura Ketty. Hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, new book starts in July, so, or the new story will start in July, and uh, we'll see what happens. Are they both yeah. still going by Wolverine? Well, right now, Logan's really just Logan. I mean, yes. Okay. It, it, look, Marvel, Marvel had two Spider-Mans, two people going by Spider-Man, Spider-Mans. Spider-Man. <laughs> the next door Bill neighbors. and Gary Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> Keeping up with the Spider-Mans. Um, we've got in, we've got two Captain Americas coming up shortly, um, with, well, actually we had it with Pleasantville and all that. We had multiple Captain Americas, but we have that, uh, United States of Captain America book that's coming out in, in July that we're going to talk about a little bit more later. But my point is, is that the multiple versions of a character has just kind of been a thing now. Uh, I still bothers me, still bothers me, but you know what? DC's got it with two flashes, multiple Green Lanterns. I mean... I guess it's just the thing now that comics do. 
But X twenty three was such a cool character on her own, and she could still be Wolverine. But I, if you're gonna do that, like when she was Wolverine, and then you had Old Man Logan, cool. I was into that. That was cool. And you could even still do that with Logan. Just have him be Logan for a bit, because like he's off doing his own thing. We're gonna talk about that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's talk about that. Well, no. What's the other bit of X Men news? Uh, we could talk about that. Uh, so we mentioned really great art coming up in uh, some Batman books. Uh, we're going to talk about some really bad art uh, back in the day with uh, Jim Lee. So he kind of shed some light on uh, the mystery surrounding his, uh, you know, how how the, basically the books looked back then. Because quite honestly, I I want to say it wasn't just his X Men run. It was pretty much anything that was published back then. Um, you know, just like anything, the technology was bad. They're trying to save money, yada, yada, yada. You don't really get the full effect of what the drawings were. The lines weren't good, you know, things like that. Um, so basically they had lousy printing. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it yeah, came down to. Yeah, but the art's to. still gorgeous. Yeah, so it's what they were doing, art. <laughs> they so were taking we're seeing... his art and shrinking it down, mm-hmm. then taking then... that shrunken down version and stretching it out for two pages. So for the average page, it looked okay. But for any two-page spread back then, because they took it from a full size to, mm-hmm. what is it, 12 by 16 or 12 by 18 is what they normally draw those pages on. Mm-hmm. They took two of those, shrunk them down to a single eight and a half by 11, and right. then stretched it out to two comic book pages. And this is because for newer readers, printing was expensive back then. It was still like print presses on page, mm-hmm. and Marvel wasn't doing that well getting money back so they were cutting corners wherever they could printing was one of them because people were going to buy the comics if they were printed half well or you know super glossy they didn't care so and it's if you go to any of those books they're bad but you can get i think it's called the artist editions Mm -hmm. which is jim lee showing jim lee's thin lines and they're like the ultimate meant to you got me one those big like comic page versions of the books. Oh yeah, yeah. the the when they're the actual art page. Yeah, you got the so, Moon Knight one. Yep, and mm-hmm. you can get th- his X Men run in those books. So if you want to go see the X Men look the way that Jim Lee art looks, go buy them. I think they're like a hundred fifty bucks for a few of his. Makes a Do huge we, difference. I don't know if we actually posted it, but now that I'm bringing it up, if it's not posted, we definitely will. But uh, the Franklin Institute had an exhibit not too long ago with all Marvel work, uh, including uh, Jim Lee's uh, X-Men stuff. Uh, I recently just revisiting uh, those photos, did a post on our site uh, containing all of those photos. So if you actually want to see the pages that he's talking about, um, if it's not published, we will absolutely publish that and then link it to this. Uh, If it is published, we'll find it and link it to this as well. Um, So definitely be on the lookout for that. And if that ever comes back around, worth your time. Definitely go visit because that you could spend hours. Just looking at those pages. All right. Word. So Bring let's say, what are we talking about now? We're talking about Captain America, right? Sure. The, yeah. The, let's talk. Yeah. The third or fourth <laughs> Captain America. Well, so, well, it's uh, the second <laughs> new Captain America from this uh, United States of Captain America book where uh, Steve Rogers shield gets stolen and him and Sam, who's also Captain America in this book are traveling across the country, trying to find said stolen shield. And on the way they find different versions of Captain America, smaller Captain Americas uh, in different towns across the country. And we met, what was his name? Aaron Fisher, I believe mm-hmm. was, yeah. Aaron Fisher, the railway Captain America, Captain America of the Railway. 
Um, he was um, the the hobo Captain America that we talked about. Um, yeah. uh, anyway, wasn't he a hobo? He was a hobo. Yeah. And these are like the real life superheroes that we have now. They're inspired by... It's not like Marvel saying, here's your new Captain America. Yeah. It's just people inspired by Captain America using his name and what he stands for to do good in their little piece of the world. They're kickasses. Yes. Mm -hmm. They're Captain America kickasses. So going in line with Aaron, uh, we have another new Captain America. This one from Pennsylvania. Harrisburg represent. (laughs) We do from (laughs) Harrisburg. Uh, And it's Nichelle. Uh, What's Nichelle's last name? Michelle Wright. Uh, Nichelle. Nichelle Wright. Uh, Nichelle Wright is... Um, they, they don't really say, but so much about her. Um, but, uh, she, I don't, how, how she's Captain America who's saving her town. <laughs> she wants to, uh, to be the, uh, represent her town and, and bringing out corruption. They haven't said so much. This is Captain America number two. That's going to be in sale in July. They've just shown us what the art for looks like. And she looks very cool. She's got a half star on her chest, um, with a kind of cool flowy jacket kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, photons jacket. Just Captain America E, Photon, Captain America, and uh, Ms. Marvel kind of Mm -hmm. amalgamation. Oh, I can see Ms. Marvel. Yeah, I can see that. Um, But you know, the writer announced her as a light in a dark time, and she wants to take ownership of her community. So it's very community-based Captain America. So we'll see. Which is essentially what Aaron was as well. He just was the. It was like the homeless kids is who he he defended. And trains. And he was Sheldon Cooper's Captain America. That's a good one. Uh, all right. So from uh, from our new Captain America, let's talk about what's going on with Wolverine. And this is going to be spoiler alert for Wolverine uh, issue 11. Uh, I'm going to sum up as much as I can. But the reason I'm bringing this up has more to do with the MCU than it really has to do with this story. So um, with Wolverine books, you know, you expect lone loner Wolverine for the most part when it's those solo Wolverine books. And that's really what you get here. But it's him versus the Vampire Nation. Uh, and the reason why I think that's a big deal is that with the Blade movie on the way for the MCU uh, and the comics mirroring the MCU or getting people prepared for the MCU, with Blade versus Wolverine, Blade joining the Avengers, and now this Wolverine book where he's taking on Dracula, and Dracula's ultimate goal in this book is to get the blood of Wolverine because it allows vampires to be in daylight. Um, so if they are able to ingest his blood, they can become daywalkers as well. You can see how there's a connection. Uh, and didn't they say in the Blade vs. Wolverine book that like Blade's jacket came from Wolverine when he was a child or something? Like they're really connecting these two characters quite a bit. So uh, in this book, you have Wolverine going town to town across America, killing vampires uh, because he's the only one who can fight them because his healing factor will not allow him to change. So he can't join or he can't have anybody else join him on this fight or else they'll become vampires. So how much do you want to bet that by the end of this story, it's Wolverine and Blade? 90%. It, it just... You know, it's cool when they do this, but then it's also it's like these characters... I don't know. I can't see them being entertaining together as pure versions of themselves, if you get what I mean. They were like, fun in that... In that the the Wolverine Blade book, they were fun. 
But I mean, I just, if I find Blade's involvement in the MCU, just not the MCU, just in Marvel Comics outside of vampires, just bizarre. So at least this has vampires in it, but every time Blade shows up in something, like for example, Blade being the main character in uh, Jason Aaron's New Heroes Reborn book, where he's the only character who remembers what the original Marvel Universe looked like, is very bizarre to me. Yeah, if you have Blade dealing with supernatural stuff and like Ghost Rider and, you know, that kind of comic, it's great. Like Blade and zombies, Blade and werewolves, Blade and Blade with the mystical. Cool. But when you put Blade versus like Rhino. I don't care. And I don't care because he's, <laughs> all of the mystique, all the cool stuff about Blade is gone. Take vampires away. You lose a lot with Blade. Uh, but with that being said, we, we know that Werewolf by Night uh, is, is how you bring in uh, Moon Knight. We know we have the Darkhold in WandaVision, which gives us werewolves and also gives us vampires. And then you also have all the rumor around the James Howlett show, around the Wolverine show that's a potential for Disney+. Plus. You take that with the Blade movie that's currently being written. Everything, all the puzzle pieces seem to just kind of fall in place. And I also love the idea of making Wolverine a dark kind of occult character before the X-Men. Like, give me a really dark Wolverine cutting people's arms off, like taking on vampires would actually be kind of cool before you put him into the X-Men and then make him fight someone like, you know, Omega Red. Right. We'll see. It's, it's a way for them to get Wolverine tied in another way. Because right now, Marvel seems to be going, oh, you're expecting this? Nope, we're not going to do it. See, the, Which is, you, you're, you're, you're flipping it. I don't think it's for Wolverine's sake. I think it's for Blade's sake. I think they're doing all of this to get a Wolverine in a Blade movie. That's it. I think that they are, they are like, okay, so Blade, Blade's going to have his fan base, but he's not been that big of a character. Who could we pair him up with that will guarantee you to make money? Just like they did with Fantastic Four and Black Panther, the Inhumans, uh, with Spider-Man. I mean, they used the Fantastic Four to, to shepherd in everybody. And Wolverine's been on every single team for no other reason than to make them popular. So it, to me, this just bodes in Wolverine is the reason why we're going to get a blade. That's what I think. We'll see. Uh, it's going to do well regardless because people are just going to be like, it's blade. We're going to go see it. Um, let's move to TV and some really quick news that's not really news. Uh, we've got two people potentially cast in Secret Evasion. Uh, we've got the chick from uh, the Solo chick. movie, uh, <laughs> Amelia Clark, right? That's what she's famous for. <laughs> oh, what? man. I, see, I knew, this, I knew we were going to go down this road. Cause... It always <laughs> cracks me up when people were like, aren't I cool? I don't watch Game of Thrones. Mm. <laughs> well, Funny story, cool I didn't, I am. Let me guess, I didn't know that was her either. watching that movie. So I saw the movie, and I was like, I like this girl. And Mrs. Mauer's like, that's the chick from Game of Thrones. I was like, oh. Never like, mind. If he <laughs> had wasn't, no idea. If, if Mauer wasn't lazy, or, or, yeah, wasn't as lazy, he would be the one posting those, I've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones every time Game of Thrones came back. It would be Mauer's whole, it would, it would be every time. No, because I have, have watched it. have done it for eight seasons. <laughs> I have watched it. You watched I got, I got through three episodes and I was like, this is the... You didn't watch it. <laughs> you didn't watch it. You watched three episodes. You didn't watch it. If it can't get you know me in three episodes... Snow. You know nothing. 
<laughs> if it can't get you in three episodes, it's probably not going to get you. Uh, well, then sure. I'm guessing I'm guessing you didn't watch The Crown either, because that's where Olivia Coleman has. Made yeah, I have her no money. idea who the next chick is. So choose Queen Elizabeth. Come on, <laughs> The Crown. You got to watch The Crown. Um, yes, anyway, dude. she's also uh, potentially in um, talks to also be in Secret Wars. So Secret Invasion. Cool. Secret Invasion. We, we keep my bad. We said Secret Invasion. We had said Secret Wars. S- Secret Invasion. <laughs> Secret. Invasion. I think we're going to get Secret Warriors soon, and we'll talk about that next. But I have a feeling that Amelia Clark was signed to do this because of all of the push to try and get her to replace Mira. And Aquaman was really gaining a lot of steam from the fans. And as we know, fans have all the power nowadays for movies. You put so. way too much credit in that over Amelia Clark in Game of Thrones. Amelia Clark made Game of Thrones. She, her name's big enough on its own that she doesn't need Amber Heard and and. Uh, oh no, I'm talking about MCU <laughs> For, oh, yeah, trying to lock her down now. I think the MCU's been trying to lock her down. I guarantee you. <laughs> this seems like a pretty small show if, to sign somebody of her name. How? How is it a small show? It's Samuel L. Jackson is the lead. <laughs> this point. isn't a normal show. This is her game of. Th- this is her territory. If there's ever been an Amelia <laughs> Clark thing. This is it. We'll see how the show turns out. I love the storyline. I just don't know how they're going to do it in the Disney Plus. If they're going to do it the same way that they were doing uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision, where you don't have to watch it to know what's going on. Like, that's such a big storyline to make it something that you can skip. I don't know what they're sure, going to do. Sure, you're right. That the storyline itself might not be important, but the character she plays might be wildly important for the future. So you're right. These shows are designed so you don't need to watch them, but it doesn't mean the people we're meeting, which we'll talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier in just a moment, aren't going to play a bigger role in the, the larger MCU down the road. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, we did get uh, the amazing dancing. Uh, I, I wish I remembered how to pr- pronounce her name because she always makes fun of people. Uh, the Julia Louis Dreyfus. Oh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. <laughs> how to pronounce Is it Louise or Louis? Like she's been on multiple talk shows yelling at people for butching her name because nobody says it right. Um, but she came on and gave the card with nothing on it, saying she was Contessa. And I don't know if you guys did, but I freaked out when I saw heard that. I was not a Secret Avengers fan. Uh, no. <laughs> so a quick st- backstory on her she is if you would combine black widow with nick fury so she was brought in initially as a part of shield and she was a love interest uh for nick fury to the point where they did an implied scene that her and nick fury were sleeping together and marvel was like nope you have to change these panels and it was literally like them taking the phone off the hook playing music and then a shot of his gun coming out of the holster. <laughs> like, like, they went back and wow. changed it. I, I, and they put the phone on the hook. Like, that's how bad it was. I'll make sure I find that panel and put it on the video. <laughs> um, fast forward, turns out in Secret Invasion, spoiler alert, she had been a scroll the whole time. But now mm-hmm. she came back as alive. Um, then you get into Secret Warriors... And she was actually a Hydra agent put there to infiltrate S.H.I.E.L.D. Ended up killing Madam Hydra and becoming Madam Hydra. So this is huge in this because this means more than likely Hydra lives and she's now going to be the new leader of Hydra. And she's an amazing actress. If you haven't seen Veep, Mm -hmm. she's phenomenal on Veep. So 
although, you're, although you're right, she is phenomenal on Veep. She kind of cemented herself with just Seinfeld. Seinfeld alone, it's <laughs> really all she needs. Well, I think Seinfeld, Seinfeld for her is Game of Thrones for Amelia Clark. <laughs> but I think her role in Veep is going to be similar to the way that she plays Contessa. Like it's going to be that very much I can see like that. empower. Mm-hmm. So I geeked out. I was like, oh my god, I know who this is. And then all of a sudden, I saw the crickets everywhere and realized that she was cool in two stories that not everybody was into because mm-hmm. it took place so close after Civil War and people were burnt the hell out. So yeah, go back she, and read them. She, I, I think the cameo that they 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 built it up to be a cameo of a character not the cameo of the actress. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think right. they thought more people would care about the actress. And then they, when the character was announced, they went, who the, who the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> but I think once people realize how important that character really is, especially transplant it into the MCU's version of everything. Well, yeah. And the, she's, she's a small enough character that they're going to do whatever they want with her. She's she I don't know her personality enough from any comic, but I guarantee you it's just whatever Julia Louis Dreyfus wants. Yep. And it'll be cool. It's gonna be very, very good. Um do you want so awesome to give us with tease on uh your invincible news? Well, the invincible news isn't really invincible news, but we are gonna talk about Invincible uh on Friday. So we'll you know what, not even no, we'll just talk about that on Friday. Cool. <laughs> Let's talk Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Woo! That is what Iron Fist was probably going to be in season three. Like when we got the end of season two and we saw everything building up, like you saw it was coming. Uh, the actor that played Danny Rand is probably sitting at go- home going, really? I could have been a part of that. Uh, but the trailer looks amazing. If you're a Shang-Chi fan, there's lots of homages to his past. It's like 30 of them. <laughs> you So... I don't know about you. I'm in a bunch of groups on Facebook <laughs> and people are freaking out about it. People are like, I finally have, oh, it's I'm like st- me and moon Knight. Yeah. That's what I mean. I, there, I, when I say 30, I'm being facetious. There's plenty of Shane Chi fans out there, but there haven't been mm-hmm. new Shane Chi fans in a long time. If you haven't been a Shane Chi fan, you're not one now. Yep, it's not so like I, there was no book recently that made you go, man, Shane Chi. His secret Avengers book recently was good. Sure. But again, how many readers did secret Avengers have? A lot. (laughs) Um, I want to clear a few things up because people are pulling information from this trailer and not quite getting the reasoning for it. So you have Wen Wu is the, looks like the main villain sitting in front of the 10 rings and he's a new character for the MCU. He's not from the character, the comics. One of the things they're doing is they can't use the main villain and his father from the comics because that was Fu Manchu which is a very, very racist version of a villain, you know, from the, the 50s and 60s. So they took that character, created a new one, and now they're going to be playing with him. The actor whose name I forgot who's playing him talked about the Mandarin isn't going to be what you think it is. It sounds like the Mandarin's going to be uh, what Batman on or sorry, Arrow did with Raj al Ghul, where it's going to be more of a mantle, is what I think they're leaning towards here. Because the Mandarin was the Mandarin in the comics. It wasn't Wenwu, and I think Wenwu might be the Mandarin for this, but he wasn't always the Mandarin. 
I uh, bet but you he's, he's definitely not Dr. Will. I bet you he's been the Mandarin for all of the MCU, all 22 movies. Probably. I'll bet you that he's been he's been behind the scenes for a bit now and there and I guarantee you we get probably one scene that shows us like all of the times that the 10 rings have been on some like the dude in Ant-Man who the 10 rings was was on his on neck. His neck. So they, they, I bet you there's going to be a bunch of, not a bunch, but at least one scene of us, them saying, hey, he's been pulling strings for a while now. And before we move off of this, I just want to get both of your opinions, because there's a school of thought that's a little weird for me right now. The All Hail the King short. What about Do it? you think that was a retcon, or do you think that was initially planned? Ooh, good question. Here's why I'm asking that, because people are ripping apart being like it was a retcon because people were angry. But they're not saying that about all the other like end things that they kind of tacked on at the end. I have a feeling, in my opinion, it was planned the whole way. They knew they were going to upset people, and they did that on purpose to get a reaction out of them. But then to put that character kind of in the back, because if you introduce the Mandarin in Iron Man 3, you can't just put him away. And at that point, they were already building towards... Thanos. I don't know if they were working. Yeah, I don't know if they were working on Phase Four at that time. I don't know if they thought that that was a they that was something they were going to revisit. I I I'm not I, saying that they were going to revisit it, but I think mm-hmm. the reason why they wanted to say he's not really the Mandarin is so they don't have to address didn't have to address the Mandarin. Oh, again. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So so they did that so that way they can still use him in the long run. I get it. Yeah. No, I I I would absolutely believe that. Hundred percent. What I believe that they made it specifically to use Mandarin later on. Yeah, I I want to say like from what I've been seeing, I've been seeing a lot of shots from previous uh, movies and things with the Ten Rings symbol showing up in a lot of different places where originally people probably had no idea what it was. So you know, it leads me to believe that there was some planning ahead of time. So you know, it's, somebody had to have this giant idea of how all this stuff was going to play out and who was going to be in it in order for them to kind of keep going with it. You know. You, it's it's not Fast and Furious where you keep piling on new things, right? <laughs> but that's okay, too, because we love it, and F9 will be out soon at a theater near you. Yes, um, sir. I suggest everybody go see it. Menti's shaking his head and giving me the stink eye. Um, Menti, but, we're going to have you watch all well, of them in just, Top you, Gun. You've just been saying we a lot. He's <laughs> <laughs> talking about he and I. Yeah. It's yeah. two against one here. That's fine, but, you know, I'm not a part of we. <laughs> but I am, so keep saying we, Moshko. That's right. And um, we think we did have another cameo in the Shang-Chi trailer. The guy that said, aren't you that spider guy? Do a flip. Do a flip. <laughs> so they cast him again as a guy in the trailer. That's he just great. was in the bus and it was so funny. <laughs> so because somebody hit him up on Twitter and they were like, is that you? And he goes, well, it's not not me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to say that I was really All impressed. All right, Spider-Man. With- do a flip. Uh, <laughs> the new flash logo impressed me new flash logo looks great we don't really have a lot to go off of but it is uh it is fun to see that it is in production uh and it just it's at first i thought it was the cw i was like wow the cw got a hell of a budget all of a sudden what is it oh uh, it was uh warner brothers and the director um andy andy machete 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 Muschietti. 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 Muschietti, don't text. Um, <laughs> well, you, that- knew, <laughs> you knew this had to be good because I sent something to the group about Flash being like, this looks awesome. And I'm not a huge Flash fan. 
and this just oh. looks awesome. And they definitely they it was kind of shaky for a little bit whether or not um, Michael Keaton was coming back as Batman. He he went on and said, uh, "Hey, there's a possibility I can't do this because of prior engagements." And then recently, they just cemented like he is in the movie, reprising his uh, reprising the role as Batman. The original Batmobile is going to be in it. It's going to be dope. Can't wait for it. Uh, and Christian Bale in talks. Ooh. <laughs> you heard it here first. And here I first. Yo, oh, the only way you can beat Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, and Tobey Maguire is Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, and um. What's a Christian Bale? Know who can... said he? Know who said he wants to be in it? Val Kilmer. You could put him in a Wait, suit, did, but did, did, does Val Kilmer still look like Val Kilmer? He's looking a lot better now. If you see okay. him, and if they did him as like an old man Batman, just standing there because he can't talk. Oh, that would be cool. Like that's all you need is like one of those kind of flashbys and see Val in the Batman Beyond old man Batman suit. Because everybody says they want to see Michael Keaton as that, but I feel Val Kilmer looks more like an old Batman than Michael Keaton looks like an old Batman. Well, Michael Keaton legitimately looks like an old Batman. <laughs> like he, like for real, looks like old Batman. Uh, you know, it would be- make that a little bit better. That scene is just sounds amazing. But then, as as he's standing there on the corner, as maybe like all the Batmobiles drive past or whatever, just in the window looking out, just like real sad as George Clooney. <laughs> and I was just gonna say for those of you not watching at home, I'm I'm here doing the whole Clooney tick. So what about him? Is he, is he showing up? Is he gonna do his poor hey George guys. Clooney? Hasn't he apologized enough for that movie? <sighs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so Dr. Octopus is confirmed for, uh, the new Spider-Man three. Um, he let the cat out of yeah. the bag, right? He was like, look, the internet's got it. What's his name? Uh, Alfred, uh, Molina. There Molina. it is. Alfred. So he just, he was like, look, it's all over the internet. So it was a blast to do. <laughs> he didn't, <laughs> he didn't try at all to not let love, that slip. <laughs> I love that. He's like, I don't have the same physicality that I did 17 years ago, but then I remembered it's the arms that do everything. So I was okay. <laughs> Um, and they are going to be de-aging him, it sounds like, so that's cool. Um, I want to get to this news before we wrap up. And have you seen Benedict Cumberbatch's videos he's posted recently? You mean the one where you can't see his face? <laughs> yeah, it's the ceiling of like a makeup room and the ceiling of his car. And he's like, I can't show you my face because it's going to ruin everything. I have a feeling he's doing the dark magic. He's got uh, the marks around his eyes that we saw. In the first movie, and the like, the burn on the mark on his forehead, like the prosthetics that we saw uh, from the ancient one when she was really channeling that dark magic. Or he looks like Jesus from King and Black. I was just gonna say, (laughs) there's also that one with the staff who's looking like Jesus recently. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. I don't think that would give away as much. (laughs) If he all of a sudden came out with a really just longer beard, long hair. We'll see, I mean, I'm just okay. Well, I'm just saying it's a possibility. Just looking saying. like Gandalf. Uh, I'm getting more and more excited for this movie. All right, uh, and uh, we're done. <laughs> Menti, do that thing. We went long again. <laughs> you can find the show. Welcome to Fireside everywhere online. That's at Welcome to Fireside. Your social media choice list. Twitter, which is Fireside. Right, that's crew. cool. Just go we to Welcome to Fireside, it. guys. Support, see you later. Comment, like, subscribe. No, nope, Welcome to Fireside. Thank you. Deuces, Excelsior. <laughs>